This is That'll Preach, a weekly segment on the Forex Midtown Podcast. Thanks for joining us. I'm Brian. I'm here with Paul, and we're continuing our Christmas series. Get a little Christmas cheer. Are you are you excited for Christmas? It's difficult to feel excited when it's so like non-Christmassy. I know we're recording this in Florida. Uh, <laughs> It's like a week before outside. Thanksgiving. So, but we're, we're trying to act as I if know, I know. whenever this is released, it's we're actually trying to embody and do practices. And now that doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. Anyway, Paul. do your hot take. You ruined another I intro. I ruined Christmas again. Here's my hot take. So we always start a show with a hot take. So this is my hot take. I think people who eat wings with forks are pretentious. <laughs> it Why? struck a nerve with you, didn't it? It, it Paul? did a little bit. Yeah, go ahead. Why? Paul. What? Hold on. You say your thing and then I'll give my defense. What, why do you eat wings with a fork? I mean, it's just like you can't bother to be to get it on your fingers. Plus, you're already getting you're already so you already have to touch it to stabilize the wing in order for the fork removal to be effective. But you have one clean hand and one dirty hand. You know how disgusting like wing grease is? Like you wash your hands like three times and your hands still smell like wings. You don't want both your hands smelling like that. And that way I can still use my phone. I can still drink my drink and not get like slobbery, disgusting grease everywhere. It's just unnatural when you use that fork. Dude, it's what's not. It's like that Seinfeld episode where like everyone starts eating Twix bars with knives and forks. Yes, it's exactly. gonna It's going to be a trend. It's going to catch but, on. But it's just po- so practical. But the whole point of that Seinfeld episode is how, how unnatural against against the, the, the design of, of God's world that is. You... And I, I've seen you when you eat wings. You, one, it's gross. But two, you've got like a drink nearby. And then your drink gets all disgusting and greasy because you've got both hands full of wing sauce. Yeah, but the, okay, fair. Deep down, you think that I'm right. It, it's secretly just appreciation I just slash think it envy. takes a lot more patience than I have. I mean, yeah. But we've maybe discovered a lot in the more, course of these hot you're, takes. You're, you're more virtuous. I mean, maybe. But I don't think this evidence is that. It just means that I'm very practical. Well... I guess we solved that then. I don't know. That I, I just I, I didn't know how to bring it to bring it up to you. But you said I, it before. I think. Yeah, I think it's it's just I just feel like we get it, Paul. You're better than us. You use a fork, you know. And I'm just like over it. But whatever. Look, I don't we, feel any worse. This has become a therapy session. Yeah, it's okay. Watch, but, you're uh, gonna do it next time, and people will do it. Like they're gonna listen, and they're gonna be like, "That's that. a great idea." I don't believe we're savages. Like we're you. all over Tallahassee, people are just gonna be eating so pretentious and wings with forks. Yeah. Just tell everyone how much more sophisticated you are than them. Faux-sisticated. <laughs> like philosophy. <laughs> oh, we're losing our minds. We are. It's okay, it is it is very late, but uh, this is how committed we are to the cause. Yes, indeed. So for our three listeners out there, thank you for listening. <laughs> we are in the middle of a Christmas series, and uh, one of the things that we're going to talk about today are some Christmas myths. So this is going to be a little fun. we got seven Christmas we myths. We've got seven. That... Uh, that Paul is going to take the lead on dispelling. So I'm excited to hear about these myths. I haven't heard these myths yet. Wow. So I'm just going to be the uh, the hype man for these myths. All right. So we're going to start from myth number seven, work our way down to one. To the most exciting one. Now, hopefully this is helpful <clears throat> for your family to maybe ruin some childhood memories or Absolutely. traumatize your kids or anything never, like that. You're never, just be that guy at yeah. dinner to ruin <laughs> Christmas for people. We just want to give you some ammo. You're going to throw out all your nativity sets. You're never going all to read a children's nativity book to never. your kids again. Right. It's going to be like, this is all just propaganda. <laughs> exactly. And by the end of it, you'll be eating wings with a fork. 
Yeah. That's that's how my that's goal how is to just turn everyone to pretentious Grinch. Exactly. Ruin Christmas for everyone. So seven myths. Yeah. Let's and get started. Uh, I'm, I'm excited about this. Myth number seven. Myth number seven. Jesus was not actually born on December 25th. I thought you were going to say Jesus was not actually white. <laughs> Jesus was not actually born. <laughs> yeah. Jesus was not white. That's not right, one of the that's myths. True. But that's true. Jesus wasn't born on December 25th. Uh, we don't know where the date came from. Some people think it's because of the Roman festival for the sun god. Some people think that's not actually the date. Uh, no one really knows where the date December 25th came from. Some people think, well, you like assume Jesus Mary was conceived in the spring. And so you add nine months to that. But like no one really knows. So like we kind of just got this date and we're stuck with it. And so we just celebrate Jesus' so we, birth on December 25th. December 25th, it's just like an arbitrary number that people picked? Uh, so, or, or they so, just calculated yeah. from... Some people think Mary conceived in Why? like March. I don't know. Something about like lo the location of, I don't know, the weather or who knows. Huh. Yeah. Weird. And then some people think it's the the sun god festival in Rome, the Sol Invictus, that Christians were like, hey, we can take that and sort of baptize it and make that our... So, you know, there's lots of competing theories out there, but at the bottom, no one knows like when Jesus was born. Like, so we just have this date and it's just stuck. Like, it is, it really? is weird to think about it. Yeah. Man. Some people think like Jesus was not Can you imagine born. imagine Jesus just like every year, like, it's not my birthday. <laughs> it's not. Stop it. I mean, it wasn't until like a couple hundred years after the fact that people pegged this date as the one. Really? So, yeah. I don't know what the Should earliest we even church celebrate? Is it right to... I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. Okay. The church has done it for, you know, a long time. and Okay, so it is historic in the church. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But we yeah, just, yeah. okay. Yeah, oh, it's right, not right. like something that people came up with 50 years ago, but it is just so, like a date that the church has stuck with, and there's various uh, explanations for why. Interesting. But no, yeah, there's no like really solid evidence for the December 25th date. Some people think that it actually couldn't be December 25th because you've got shepherds in the nativity story, and they wouldn't be tending their flocks if it was winter. They'd be like... Hold sure. up somewhere. Um, so, you know, there's some evidence that Jesus might have been born in the spring. Wouldn't it be fun if it was like July 4th? <laughs> you know what I mean? That would be <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> Eat a brat for Jesus. Oh, man. All right. Myth number six. <laughs> myth number six. Jesus wasn't born in the year 0 AD. Well. Boom. Yeah, he hadn't changed the calendar yet. Well, but even so the whole like BC AD calculations happened in the sixth century. This monk named Dionysus Exiguus was like, we need to change the calendar to focus on Jesus. You never trust a guy named Dionysus Exiguus. Exiguus. That means Dionysus the short. So he's kind of like you, Brian. Oh, thank well, you. Well, I'm going to call you Brian Exiguus. <laughs> <laughs> Think of it, what a regal name. Yeah. Brian the short. Yeah, Brian exactly. Short. But yeah, so he calculated, he was like, we need to divide history into before Christ and after Christ. He did a bunch of the math, a bunch of the calculations, and was actually off by like four to six years. Uh, so scholars think Jesus was born sometime before 0 AD. So some estimates put it at 4 BC, some put it at 6 BC, because this guy got his math wrong. Well, how, what was he using to, what variables was he using to calculate? Like how well, was he, what was the raw information? He the was raw information was just how many years have passed. So he's in the sixth century. This was right. around 525 AD. Right. And so he's got, okay, Roman emperors, he's got popes, he's got lots of lineages. And he's trying to get exactly back to the first, like when Jesus would have been born, like at the time of Caesar Augustus, all this sort of stuff. He was just off in his calculations by a few years. Oh, so he, so, did, he, he did it by, by Roman emperors. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And, and basically the history that was available at the time. Right. Um, 
And he was close, like he got back to like within a few years, but what he called zero would have actually been about uh, four years after the zero year. Yeah. I say we start a movement to correct the calendar. So we're technically in 2024, 2016. So we'd move oh. everything back four years. Oh. Yeah. So zero is so now actually, we're younger. Yeah, exactly. Wow. You're, you're no longer, I'm not going to say your age, Yeah. but now you're younger. You're four years younger. Wow. That's pretty exciting. That's crazy. Yeah. But so, yeah. December, it's yeah. amazing how this kind of stuff just sticks. December 25th and zero BC, no one I ever know. was just like, you're just like, ah, it's too much work. I mean, it also goes, it's, it's not super important what exact day right. it is, right? Like the point is you, like people like to celebrate their anniversaries on the exact date, but like if you couldn't for some reason, you had to pick some other time, like the fact that you just pick a date to commemorate some event on, like that's the important I thing, love, right? I would love to hear this conversation with your future wife. Know, just right? like, it doesn't really matter if it's the <laughs> date. I could be five weeks off. I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> Let's say you forgot the date and you just picked a year, a day to do it. Then that's that's second best. Oh, I'm sure that would go great if you forgot the date of your anniversary. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is why you're, this is why you're gonna be married. a monk, yeah. My, okay. I'm gonna be a monk and change my name to Dionysus the Short. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we are uh, we are on to myth number five. Myth number five: There was no inn in the nativity. Sorry, see what I did there? In inn, yeah, it was a hotel. There was yeah, exactly. It was it an was, Airbnb. It was a Hilton. Yeah, it was an Airbnb. It was just some dude with like a spare bedroom in his. Actually, that was what it was. Oh, <laughs> it was an Airbnb. It was, an, it was yeah, proto oh, Airbnb. Man, that was actually really clever. I yeah, didn't even know how there was no was inn. Moment. Like there was no inn. There was no innkeeper. Right. Like you read the children's books. It's like the innkeepers like keep turning them away and they just have to like whatever. No, like that just wasn't. They went to Bethlehem because that's where Joseph's family's from. So if you went there, you were expected to stay with your family. So Joseph had family there, but all of the family was back. And so it would have been really crowded. So the word there for inn just means like extra room or spare room. There was no room for them in the guest room of the Joseph family house. So they just went to some random dude's house? No. So they stayed somewhere else, like could have been like an extension slightly outside the house. Oh, okay. But they were yeah. around their family. They were with the family. Yeah. So, oh, okay. so that word there in is the same word that Jesus uses when he tells his disciples in Luke, go to the master of this house and ask him for his upper room so we can celebrate the last supper. So there, that oh, room okay. is so just, it, it's an extension. It's okay. a guest house. It's sort of like where you'd host people. Right. Right. So that's the thing that was full. Because all the family members. Why were do back. we think it's a barn? So that's actually the next myth. Oh, okay. Yeah, so yeah. myth number four. Myth number four. There was no barn. We get that idea because it says Mary wrapped Jesus in swaddling clothes and wrapped him in a manger. She put him in a manger, and a manger is just like kind of like a trough. It's a thing that you'd have right, hay in, right. and the animals would eat it. But the thing is, that wasn't in a barn. Like we usually like probably because we're thinking in 20th century terms, you've got the house that you live in. And then your barn for your animals. And that's like, you know, 500 feet away. But in that context, like the animals would have been just right outside. Sometimes they would have even been like the house and the outdoor space were kind of just like blended. And so like animals would come in and oh, out. So it's of not the really area. a manger. It's, it's, I mean, it is. It is a manger, but, but it's, it's not a barn. Right. right? Okay. It's, it's not like a like, separate space for animals. Like an they're just sleeping with these of, animals. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Imagine okay. like the house has an extension or like a deck and it just leads to the outside. And you've got animals that sort of come by the house and whatever. And so the closest thing would have just been, hey, look, or there's all this hay. This is hey, crazy. Look, there's some hay. You, next I'm thing just, you're telling me that Jesus didn't vote Republican. 
That actually is myth number three. (laughs) (laughs) Gosh. We're going to ruffle some feathers with that. All right. uh, Myth number three. What's myth number three? Uh, that was so. Wait, that is myth. That was myth number three. Oh, that was. Yeah. Oh. Oh, was it? No, that was myth number four. Yeah, myth number right. three. Man, it is late. Myth number three that the star hovered exactly over where Jesus was born. Huh. Um, yeah, we we have no indication that that was the case. We know that the star was leading the magi who were coming, but we don't know that it was actually located physically on top of where Jesus was located. So it could have been anywhere along there root. We just sort of like, it's it's sort of helpful and elegant to put it all in the same picture, but nothing in the, the text in Luke makes us like conclude that it was just directly over like Bethlehem over that house. Hmm. Yeah. Is it like a church tradition that it was over it or? It might've been. There's lots of stuff that is church tradition or like, you know, just easier ways of telling the story. And so right. you get details blended like that. Um, but yeah, so no inn, it was just a family extension room. No barn, right? It was just like the manger was nearby and the star wasn't exactly over the manger, which is like, yeah, I guess a lot of this is just, there's ease of storytelling. And so you tend to put the picture this way and like nativity sets have done a lot to shape how right. we think of the story. Right. Um, but yeah, like at some point we got to think back and recalibrate our nativity sets so we don't totally lose what was going on there. But yeah. Myth, um, myth number two, are we on myth number two now? now on myth number two. There were not, I mean, the text doesn't say three wise men, which we assume it was three blind mice. (laughs) It was three, I don't know, three, three, whatever, three hobbits. Yeah. No, that's not. You with the Lord of the Rings references, you nerd. Twice in a row. Yeah. Actually, last time was Star Wars. Um, Nerd. I'm not as nerdy nerdy as I Nerdy. Nerdy. (laughs) But yeah, the text doesn't say there were only three. There could have been many. I guess people assume three because there were three gifts and you assume Mm. one Magi or magus, singular per gift, uh, but there's nothing in the text to suggest oh, so that there were more. There could oh, it's just so like it a group. Been, okay. Could have been many, yeah. So, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and the word magi just means like learned men. So it could be right. kings, it could be scholars, it could be just spiritual people who have been like studying the stars and the times. Um, right. Yeah, but there were people coming from the east, and like we talked about in the last podcast, uh, this is foreshadowed in the Old Testament that people. From the east would come and bring gifts right and this is right. like a foreshadowing of god bringing the gentiles into the, right, the right. new covenant um and there's no indication that they arrived on the night of jesus's birth so oh, we think really of, yeah we think of like so actually in matthew chapter 2 1 when the magi go to herod it says after jesus was born in bethlehem the wise men came from the east to jerusalem and spoke to herod so jesus had already been born and then they arrived in jerusalem Asking Herod, hey, do you know where this new Messiah is born? And so they visit him after he was born. They visit him after he's born. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this explains why Herod issues the order to kill all the babies under the age of two. Right. So he could have been any he could have been two years old when the Magi right, visited right, him. Right, right. It was any time in that period. But the important point is they arrived in Jerusalem after Jesus was born and began their search in Israel then, wow. after Jesus was born. That's fascinating. Yeah. But we like we we put our nativity scene with the shepherds. With the star on top, with the magi all there, it's three totally of them with wrong. the gifts. Yeah, they were, they were in a nice, air-conditioned room in an Airbnb in one of, in Joseph's it's, uncle's house. Yep, unbelievable. With uh, with Directv and Netflix, must have been good satellite uh, <laughs> reception. That's though. what the star was. Exactly, it was a satellite <laughs> set there by the aliens <laughs> on the flat Earth. Uh, we are so all weird. right. So 
Let's go to myth number one. This is our final myth. All coming in here. That's pretty quick, actually. Christmas is not the most important Christian holiday. Easter. This might be spicy. Easter is. Easter is. Yeah. Yeah. But I think something about like the consumerism and just like in America and in the West, it is the biggest holiday. It's the one that like everybody travels for, everybody gets on board for, even like non-Christian people. Right. Like there's just a sense of like, this is the holidays and everything is so important at that time of year. And it overshadows Easter, right? And I think Christians have been swept along in that a little bit as well, uh, where we tend to prioritize Christmas. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Christmas. It's God giving us himself. Like it's it's good to give gifts to symbolize God's gift to us. But really, like Christmas is just the start of the story, right? And we're saved through the death and resurrection. So I think Easter, at least we should think of it as sort of equally important and equally worthy of like, you know, joy and celebration. Whereas I think sometimes... We prioritize the family and the, I don't know, the communal and social benefits of Christmas more because those right. loom larger in Christmas than they do Easter. But in terms of like the Christian calendar and the church life, Easter is definitely at least as important, if not actually more important. And I would say actually more important than Christmas. That's fascinating. You, I mean, you are right. In terms of cultural impact, yeah. Christmas way outweighs Easter. Mm-hmm. And uh, even in the Christian evangelical subculture yeah you, you yeah, can yeah. see that but i guess traditionally easter has always been the climax of yeah. the church calendar that's, that, that, that's where Jesus. everything yeah yeah and i don't i wonder too you know i guess there's the easter bunny for easter and like, i'm thinking about like santa claus kind of adds to the christmas thing yeah and, you know it's not as big but there right. is there is some extra stuff yeah, just something to be. I wonder wary what that of. says. Why you, you're saying it's kind of the consumeristic market I, built around Christmas? Yeah, so I think we yeah. should be like we should re-examine and reflect a little bit on our own motives and like why we're celebrating, um, so that we're not just swept with culture, right? Sure. Because culture really loves Christmas, right. but culture doesn't love Easter. And if we end up loving Christmas more than Easter, it could be because we're just being swept along right. more with culture. And Easter is still seen as, I mean. Easter is more explicitly Christian. Yeah it, it, yeah, it feels like if you celebrate Easter, you're a Christian. Right, right, right. But if you celebrate Christmas, you're just you're participating. Just in the West. Yeah, you're just, yeah. it's a Western holiday that you yeah. celebrate. Yeah, yeah. That's true, yeah. Right, right, right. I can so see that. we should, you know, just, just be a little bit critical of that. Like, sure. when I'm celebrating Christmas, am I actually like, you know, this is like cliche, but like, is Jesus really the reason for the season in my like thinking about this? Or am I just like, there's nothing wrong with family and, and social gatherings and all this stuff, but... You know, we don't want to miss like the forest for the trees, if that's mm. the right way of putting it, like keeping Jesus at the center in a way that is easier to do for Easter than it is for Christmas because of like all that cultural frill and baggage and stuff. That was fascinating. I mean, it's, okay, so December 25th, yep. not his birthday. Not zero AD. Not zero AD. There was no inn. It was just an extra room. There was no barn. It was just a manger right outside the house. We don't know that the star was directly over the manger. No evidence that it was just three wise men, and they definitely didn't show up at his birth. And Christmas is not the most important holiday. Now, what about the aliens? <laughs> so kind of like those. Matthew McConaughey. And what about the aliens that come down <laughs> while you're driving your Lincoln? Merry Christmas to all, to all, and Merry Christmas, or all a good night, or whatever the thing is. You know what I'm saying. You know the thing. It always sounds good when you do it. Yeah, I know. I Man, know. we just fed people a lot of... Uh, I hope people don't like, I don't know. I mean, it's still fine to like read those books to your kids and have nativity sets, but you know, like just 
lose their faith over this. Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're probably overestimating uh, ourselves probably. here. <laughs> Thank you guys for listening. Hopefully, uh, this was uh, entertaining for you. We had a lot of fun making this, and uh, really. We should just enjoy this Christmas season. It's yeah. a great time. Yeah. And uh, we're kind of being a little tongue-in-cheek with you. I mean, these are actual myths. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, don't lose sleep over them. And uh, just enjoy it. Enjoy it. Thank you guys for listening. Leave a good review. We are out. <laughs>